Hey there, folks. This show is not intended for younger audiences. What was... what was that? Alright, never mind. So, the opinions expressed do not reflect the views of the podcaster's employers. So keep that in mind. What? Sorry, what is this noise? Uh, oh. Oh my. Um. Uh. Hey there, giant owl raccoon bunny. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. Okay. Uh. Uh. What do you want to be called? Totoro. Got it. Welcome! Welcome, everyone, to Two Dudes, One Double Feature, the show in which two dudes talk two films, and, well, that is about it. I am Dude One, Richard. Dude Two, Joe, over here. So, real quick, at the top of this episode, we want to give you guys a heads up, bit of an announcement uh, for future episodes, so... Uh, the holidays, as you know, are coming up. Uh, we're going to get into October, which will um, end Season 2, which we're in the middle of right now. Literally, this is the halfway point of Season 2, and then Season 2 will end on the 30th, which will be our Halloween episode. So when Season 3 rolls in, we're going to change things up a little bit because the holidays um, are difficult enough, uh, and we don't know what how difficult they're going to be in 2020 with everything happening. So... Uh, starting November 13th, we will start Season 3, and then we will, from November to December, release one episode every two weeks. So that'll be the 13th and the 20th of November, December 11th and December 25th, Christmas Day, which will be our Christmas episode. And then we're going to take a break for New Year's, and then we'll be back to finish out the rest of the season as normal on January 8th. So... Just so you guys know um, what's going to be happening at that point. But we'll still be making episodes. We'll just try to... We just need to space it out a little bit because, you know, that's just difficult enough as it is. So, In addition, we're going to have some other folks on the show. So it'll be a little more than two dudes on some episodes. So Two dudes and a guest. Two dudes <laughs> and a guest. That's right. So it'll take a little longer to um to put those together but we're very excited for what we have in store for season three so uh buckle up uh get excited especially because we have one coming out christmas day so we're we're very excited for this um anyway with that with that aside how is dude two today uh dude two is fine you know uh dude two is fine I guess it just, uh, you know, a lot of this week, um, haven't really done that much. I've, you know, week to week I've been watching the boys, you know, new episodes, pretty good. And great show. Great yeah. Great show. show. Um, the other day, some Blu-rays I ordered, uh, came in. I picked up the Vincent Price collection, which was out of print for a while 
and they put a new version of it out there. This is from Scream Factory. And then the Pink Panther set from Shout Factory went out of print recently, I think, or is about to go out of print. So I picked that up on Blu-ray because I haven't owned any of the Pink Panther movies since, like, the DVD days. So, like mid-2000s, and I've been meaning to watch them at some point, so hopefully I can uh, I can fit those in in my viewing schedule. I mean, that's kind of the, I guess you could say a bright spot of 2020 is it's giving us an excuse to, to watch things maybe we haven't seen before or wanted to watch but just never got around to it, so I can understand that wholeheartedly. Um, like, um, for me, uh, as as I mentioned last week, um, I started watching the Lord of the Rings films. I've seen all the theatrical cuts now, and now I'm working my way through the extended cuts, which um, kind of work out a little bit better as a miniseries because it feels like each half is only like an hour and 45, hour 50 minutes, sometimes two hours. And so, I don't know, it's, it's better to kind of, view it as like somewhat of a you know high profile mini series so i'm currently watching those i think i honestly like the extended cuts a little bit more because i do like a lot of people say that i feel like they do flesh things out a lot more and you get a little bit more character development and so it's it is it's it, i will say i think i like these ones more um what else is going on um well uh, as of this recording, uh, for for me, I'm excited because you know it's uh, Batman Day. Because you know, oh yeah, okay, yeah, it's bat it's Batman Day, and I understand he's excessive, but uh, I'll gobble it all up. So <laughs> I'm just like yeah, um, just uh, just celebrating that. I actually picked up um one of my one of my new favorite Batman books, Curse of the White Knight, which. Uh, I highly recommend, and it's it's so good. Uh, I, I I don't even want to say anything about it because I just want people to experience it. Read White Knight, and then read Curse of the White Knight, and then it's a whole different Batman experience. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very cool. Um, other than that, I've just been really exhausted lately, so I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just trying to keep my focus on just watching stuff and just trying to like relax for a second because life and everything else just can be really exhausting lately so yeah it's uh, you know especially during the, these times it can be it can be just draining yes over overall you know and sometimes it, it just it just really does um get to you and uh this is why i one of the reasons why i suggested our first film today because this film i feel like uh, you know, nothing can cure anything, but it's a nice little, like, remedy if you're feeling down. It's a nice, like, real nice pick-me-up. And that movie is My Neighbor Totoro. This is actually, fun fact, I, I think I mentioned this during the Kubo and the Two Strings episode. This is my, technically my second Studio Ghibli movie I've ever seen. The first one being I watched um, a little bit, a little while ago. I mentioned I mentioned I, that this was kind of a milestone in the last episode for me, that I'd finally watched my first one when I watched Princess Mononoke. Yeah, and that was such a surprise because like My Neighbor Totoro was more what I expected from Studio Ghibli movies. Then I watch 
uh, Princess Mononoke, and there's like people getting their limbs severed off, and I'm like, what? <laughs> like, like I thought this was. It says G Kids on the spine. I thought this was a kids movie. No, there's limbs flying off. So, and it's PG thirteen. So I should have saw that first. Yeah, it's. It, it was really funny that that was your your first one because you're, you're because like you said, your expectations were something more along the lines of this movie i guess (laughs) (laughs) it's just so different so i would say if anyone wants to experience studio ghibli as great as it is maybe not start with princess mononoke because it's gonna throw you off yeah so my neighbor my neighbor totoro obviously as we said studio ghibli movie hayao miyazaki directed this one of course and uh i first watched this um, like I've said this before, I was the vice president for my college's movie club, and one one of my, my my friend who was the president, great guy, Julian. Shout out to Julian. I don't know you, but hi. Big lover of movies, of course. And he, I forget if it was like an animation week that we were doing or something like that. We were doing some sort of animation thing, and he brought in. Um, I think it was my neighbor Totoro. He had like a, a huge box set of the those Studio Ghibli movies, and um, my neighbor Totoro was the first one that I ever experienced. So like before this point, I I remember seeing as a kid like Kiki's Delivery Service, like on these like VHS commercials. Yeah, yeah, I've seen some of those too. Like like a late like maybe not like a late night commercial, but maybe no no. Yeah, I just remember seeing the commercial for it, just thinking it looked interesting. It was like this little girl that reminded me of Matilda, the way she was dressed. Um, <laughs> and she's just flying around on a broom. So I'm like, is she a witch? I, I didn't, I mean, I don't know. I still haven't seen it. But that was my first thought, was that it was Matilda as a witch. Mm. Yeah, so going back to um, My Neighbor Totoro, it's this movie... Just to basically break down what the quote unquote like the story is, I guess you have this um, this family, and they're moving to the countryside in Japan, be, to be closer to their mother, who has a, has an illness, which they never specify what the illness is. They have they have encounters with this uh, forest spirit named Totoro, and stuff happens. Yeah, honestly. I mean, I kind of got what the movie was doing, but there was times I was like, I don't know what this movie's about. <laughs> I just, I don't know what's, I don't know what's going on. Um, and like, whenever they're like, what's your name? He'd just be like, <laughs> and they're like, Totoro? And I'm like, you, how did you get that? <laughs> how did you get that from his grumbles? But yeah, he's, he's an incredibly adorable, like, I, I refer to him as a um, big blue bubble bunny. Yeah, 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 yeah. Affectionately, affectionately, I refer to him as a big blue bubble bunny. I mean, there's a lot of animals you could place on Totoro. Like, he looks like a giant, like, he looks like a big owl. He looks like a giant raccoon, a giant bear, you know. He does. Uh, it, it's to- Totoro is just really, like, such an iconic, um, really iconic uh, character, you know. E- even to the to the point where... Like it's such an internationally known thing. Like it just, just like the the the, the merchandise alone on this movie, I think, grossed over like a billion dollars. You know, so like 
just even more so than just, I mean, merchandising is really where the money's at with a lot of things, but like just even just thinking about like this movie, which was pretty successful, you know, but like the merchandising, just this iconic character, but with, with Totoro, it's actually kind of interesting too, because I think about Mickey Mouse Yeah. with this, because Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse for, for, you know, yeah, I know there's like the new Mickey Mouse shorts, which gives him more of a personality and all that, but for the most part, Mickey Mouse is sort of like the the corporate icon of Disney, more so than he is a character. And I think about that with Totoro because yes, Totoro is is the icon for Studio Ghibli, but I feel like even though yes, My Neighbor Totoro is a popular movie, you don't. I, I feel like in comparison to some of the other ones, you don't hear it as talked about as say Princess Mononoke or uh, uh, Howl's Moving Castle, or especially spirited away yeah i just like with totoro i just know the image like the the poster of like um little girl with the umbrella and then like it's raining she's like at a bus stop and then he's just like sitting next to her and so like he's like he's like expressionless like he's just his eyes are just like wide bugging out of his head yeah that's the only that's my only image of it and then um, his little brief cameo in Toy Story three, I believe. And I was like, I was like, isn't that the? I was like, isn't that the Studio Ghibli like dude? Like, isn't that him? Which makes sense because Disney was distributing those movies here for a while. I actually have a couple of the the Disney, um, the Disney releases on my shelf because I, I'm part of the Disney Movie Club, not a sponsorship. But like when they have like the could be. The, the pick pick five for like a dollar each or, or whatever the deal was a lot of the titles I picked up were the the studio Ghibli movies oh nice is that how you got because I know you um when you were telling me about them because I know you got Porco Rosso which is another one you really like um with Michael Keaton so I'll have to watch that one obviously it's a good one it's a good one what were the other ones I don't remember the other ones that you got I got uh, Princess Mononoke, The Wind Rises, um, Spirited Away, of course, uh, The Cat Returns, you know, there, there's a couple of them. I, I'm looking on my shelf, but I can't quite see them because I got stuff blocking them, but I don't have all of them, but you could watch a lot of them on, I know, HBO Max, so if you're curious about this title, you can check it out there, but uh, going back to Totoro for a bit, Totoro... It is as it's just a delightful movie like there's there's not like stuff happens but it's not yeah like the like a typical like family movie or what typical like western family movie where there's a specific like three act struck like really big three act structure where things are very much clearly defined and everything is explained this movie, not much, not not a lot is explained. It's more just like, oh, okay, you know, this is the legend of the forest or whatever. Uh, and the dad is just like, oh, you, the, you you can see the creatures if when they want you to and, and that kind of thing. The movie literally, like, like I was saying, like, I didn't really know what this movie was about just because it, things were just happening. Like, um, the first thing that happens, like, it's kind of, it like, seems like a nice setup. You know, they're moving into the this new house. The house, like like oddly enough kind of looks like Totoro mm -hmm. with like little like spikes on the roof and then um nothing like plot I guess plot wise nothing really happens to like towards the end of the movie when the girls get some kind of bad news the the daughters um but other than that they're just kind of like 
doing stuff. They're, like, planting. One girl's going to school, and the other one, like, misses her sister, and so she, like, hangs out. That's just adorable. Yeah. That's, like, the ultimate thing I would say about this movie is that it's adorable. It's an absolutely adorable movie. Even if, like, like objectively speaking, some of the imagery is, like, horrifying. So, like, when the, like, when the cat bus shows up, and then, like, it open like the, how it opens its door is it like its skin just goes it like stretches <laughs> it stretches the opening and then like the little girl like goes in and sits down and it's like all like wiggly like a waterbed or something yeah or like um when Totoro goes in and steals their umbrella that was for their father uh, um <laughs> and uh just like has like his bug out eyes and a smile as and he just stands still the entire time they're like he's in the cat bus i i would have been terrified if i had seen that in real life i just like sitting at the bus stop and then you just see like just this like sinister looking grin i don't know that would scare me but the they the little girls you know what? a lot of things that to me would seem scary don't phase anybody in these movies even the dad's like ooh ghosts it's a haunted house what? This is so cool. I've always wanted to live in a haunted house. I'm like, dude, I'd be out. <laughs> I'd be gone after five minutes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I just, like, they're so much braver than I am. Yeah, I think what what this movie presents well is like, you know, because our two central characters are these two sis are these two sisters, the Fannings, the Fanning. Well, this we should point out too. We listen. We watch this with the. Um, I think it was the 2002 dub or, um, yeah, like the 2000, 2000, 2000 something dub. It was, I think it was a couple years after that, but with the, with the, uh, with the Fanning sisters as the sisters, which I think works out very well. I think their chemistry as sisters is quite believable. Thanks to the animation and the fact that they're real sisters, the re the fact they're real sisters. Yeah. It works out very nicely. That, that's gotta help at least. It really just shows it from from their their perspective, you know. Like you see the little sister just going exploring in, in the woods, seeing like the little other like tiny Totoros everywhere, just kind of chilling out in like the, this space, uh, like the, in like the forest, and is just kind of like serene and beautiful. And you know the the way the way they pr present Totoro, like Totoro, like. Technically, we only hear him say Totoro or make other grunting noises. He doesn't go like, oh, hey, my name is Totoro, guys. I'm a forest spirit. <laughs> He's definitely not Barney. I mean, Barney could be pretty creepy in his own right at, at times. <laughs> that's <laughs> a whole that's other a, conversation. That's a whole other bag of tricks. It shows, like, the perspective of the ki kids, you know, like, like the, when they're collecting vegetables, they're like, oh, I'm going to bring this to mom. It'll make her feel better. And just these these sort of like sort of quasi like magical things that that happen, you know. So like they have like a dream sequence where they're growing like these this giant tree, and then and when they wake up the next morning, like the trees aren't there, but like you see like little little like seedlings are like starting to to grow um, in the ground, or like uh, they they like they think that the parents think that they see the girls in the tree, and it's like oh the cat bus put them there, or but you know it's never just like. It never, it doesn't, I feel like, overly, like, explain how things are going. You can kind of just think about it. No. But it, it's kind of beautiful. Yeah, it just kind of happens. Honestly, that was the big thing I took away from the whole movie was just that it was about 
childhood like it like that was the big thing like for all like the nonsense like fun nonsense and adorable great nonsense but for all like the just stuff that happens it's all from the perspective of kids and that's kind of kids like they just do things and they go on adventures and you know they have these wild imaginations and you know whether or not Totoro is real or not um is irrelevant and it's all just about the experience that these kids are having and um good or bad and so I think that's ultimately what I was able to ascertain just from like the first viewing that this is an entire movie about kids and it's and it doesn't like like it is an optimistic movie, I would say, but it doesn't like it doesn't feel art. It do, uh, artificial, I guess is the word. It doesn't feel like they're faking it with like the way they're portraying. No, the kids. and I mean especially too, we think about to like the subplot with the mother who has like an undisclosed um, illness. She gets like apparently they they mentioned like oh she's got a cold or like some other thing happened where they're not able to come home, mm-hmm. and it's it's genuinely like upsetting is like too weak of a word like it's it's really upsetting when you when you watch that sequence in the movie you know it, com- it comes out and the, the children like they i feel like they they react appropriate like the older older sister who's probably like been trying to hold it together all this time knowing that her mom's been sick and probably knows more information than what the little sister knows and she just gets so, so angry and upset and i'm like that that really that feels like that feels real that feels honest. That's probably like the moment that stuff started happening. I was like, "Joey, why'd you make me watch this? <laughs> I'm gonna start crying. I'm gonna I'm gonna be so sad if something happens to that mom. I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> <laughs> You're going down." Yeah, I, I feel like that. That's a major component is like this this view of uh, childhood. And what I also like too is that the adult, like uh, the main adult characters, you know, they they kind of uh, are like supportive. Of, of the children, you know, you have, like, the dad who is, like, well, he, he doesn't say, like, oh, you know, he's just, a, like, Totoro's a fake thing. He's like, no, it's a for, forest spirit that will, will appear when, when he wants you to see him. And then, like, the uh, the, the grandmother character is uh, is also very, um, is very similar in that approach. And also, what I like, too, as far as, like, the children's relationships is, like, the boy in this, uh, <laughs> I think, was it Kanata or, or whatever? Mm-hmm. I don't know his name. In, in this, where, like, but the way the way he is with um, uh, the older sister when he has to hand her something, he's like, mm, mm. he's like he doesn't want to interact with girl. You know, think about like they don't say like cooties or anything like that. But uh, he, he's just like he's <laughs> hesitant to do to do those sort of things. My favorite my favorite part is when um the the girls are underneath that like I guess like weight or like that shrine or something when it was raining and he sees them and he's walking by with his umbrella mm-hmm. and he stops and he just does that. He goes, hmm. Hmm. They're like, they're like, what, <laughs> yeah. what do you want? And he just drops the umbrella and runs away. And then he has this like, then he has this smirk on his face. Like, yeah, yeah, that was me. I did that. That was that cool. That was that cool. That was smooth. But... <laughs> <laughs> it's really a delightful movie just like the whole mood one of the other things i want to bring up too because obviously japanese movie directed by hayao miyazaki and i was reading um the booklet for a little experts of the booklet for this um the shout factory release of this and he in one of the quotes is interesting he talks about how he wanted to make like a beautiful film set in japan and th- they, there's also this discussion of like you know oh preferring like the west 
but like this movie is sort of like him sort of saying look i have, i owe a lot to japan mm-hmm. and it's sort of like giving giving back to that and especially compared to our next movie this is a very optimistic very nostalgic view of japan obviously like you know the technology in this is older you know you have like the like the forest spirits you're not really going into any like cities like the most advanced thing you probably see is like a a regular bus yeah or like a phone or a radio but everything else it's just such a simple like beautiful way of life and there's a lot of nature shots like it really is trying to like like you can almost tell that it's it almost like I hate to use the term nature porn, but it kind of feels like that. Mm-hmm. Like without sounding gratuitous, but like there's just a lot of shots of like trees and grass, and um, it does feel very serene a lot of times when you're watching it. it like like it's like I say Totoro is like an experience more so than it is a story. Like there's story there, but it's it's more of like something you you go through and experience for yourself. And one quote I, I like to attribute to this movie especially is that like, you know, they say like Disney movies are good for the heart and Studio Ghibli movies are good for the soul. And I think Totoro is a is a clear-cut example of that sort of differentiation of the difference between heart and soul. Definitely has a lot of um a lot of soul in this movie. But the like we're talking about the background. It's a soul movie. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It's a soul movie. But yeah, the backgrounds and stuff. I mean, obviously that like hand drawn animation and stuff, and just hand painted backgrounds. There's just like obviously not to take away anything from computer computers because they can do a lot of incredible things. Don't get me wrong. But just seeing just the, the hand drawn aspects of this movie, seeing the painted background, seeing like the trees, oh the trees especially in this, just looking at the shots with combined with the really beautiful music in this too, you know, like it feel like it could be like a beautiful like screensaver that you could put on for like a ten hour loop or something. Doesn't Disney Plus have like that? What's it called? Zenimation. Zen, yeah, Zenimation or whatever. Literally, just like on a loop, just have a bunch of those scenery shots with the music, and you'll just be like in heaven. You'll just be chilling. Mm-hmm. You'll just be so relaxed, you know, just big old smile on your face. This like happy, like twinkly, optimistic music with those great, like hand painted nature background shots, and maybe uh, have like a kind of cap it off with Totoro playing his like weird acorn flute thing that he has. That just sounds like a good evening to like unwind. Yeah, and it, what I also like about this movie too is I, I like that. Again, you know, we, animation isn't just for kids, obviously, but it, it's it's an animated movie that kids can watch. But I also feel like adults can get something out of this as well. Oh yeah, that's I mean that's kind of what I guess my main draw because I've been watching I've been trying to watch a lot more anime lately, and I feel like that's been kind of my main draw to that is that they don't really they don't really play anime like we do in america where like if it's if it's for kids it's for kids but if you're gonna make anything for adults it has to be like family guy or the simpsons Mm -hmm. every now and then someone will be ballsy enough to actually make a movie that just also happens to be animated uh but with in japan with anime they just make it like if it's if it's a if it's a good movie idea and it needs a little bit extra imagination throw it throw it in uh throw it in anime so and i think totoro i don't think you could do totoro live action i don't i don't ever want them to try it like please do not 
do a live action Totoro because it works so well as an anime. It doesn't need it. I definitely agree with that. It, it's it's perfectly suited for the medium that it was intended for. Um, my only thing is, I definitely I still haven't watched this with like the original Japanese audio, like as far as like the cast is concerned. I've only ever seen it with this um, this particular dubbing. So at some point, I do want to check that out. But it's definitely like I I don't feel like the the dub, you know is bad. I think it's a really solid dub, you know, just going off of seeing it a bunch of times. I mean, I fell in love with the movie, so I think it, it does its it does its job. I agree with that. And I'm glad this was my second film. I want to check out um a few of the other ones. I know I've seen bits and pieces of other ones. Like I've seen bits of How's Moving Castle. I've seen bits of was it Castle in the Sky? Yeah, something is, like is that. that. Yeah. 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 I think this is a good start of uh hopefully a new like journey to take during uh this pandemic and quarantine and like being at home a lot not going to the movies or anything so i appreciate you showing me this movie i really liked this i'm glad you did honestly it was definitely this was definitely something this is this episode in particular i was very excited about because i got to show you something and you got to show me something which is a which honestly like feels somewhat like because we've shown each other movies during during the the course of the show, but it was typically like an episode where we both we talk about something we both seen, but another thing would be like something you show me or I show you. Yeah, where it's nice that like this kind of feels like a like a back and forth night, which I liked. Yeah, absolutely. So we are gonna go hop on the cat bus and go to our next destination which is a bit grimmer a bit darker and a bit um i have no other word to say this but what stay tuned Welcome back, everyone, to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. In our last segment, we talked about something that was so cheerful and adorable and delightful. Now we're going to talk about the exact opposite. Good God. This is so different. I think out of all of our double features, you know, we usually try to pair things up thematically. So a lot of the times they're similar or at least have a similar concept or whatnot. These two, I think, are our most polarizingly different movies that we've talked about so far on this show. And and not even just, like, like I guess the, the tone, but, like, in, in storytelling, in style, in just so much is different from this movie. And that is, of course... And, and the crazy thing, too, is that these movies came out the exact same year, only two months apart. That's just wild to me. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, there's, they were, you know, one's uh, Studio Ghibli, but the other one's, you know, uh, a, a different um, 
I know I know Toho distributed I think Toho distributed both, but yeah. uh, was there another studio involved with Akira? I'm I'm not entirely sure, but that's what we're talking about, by the way, today. We were talking about the nineteen eighty eight cyberpunk political thriller, whatever you want to call it, Akira. Yeah, my my thing with this movie is like as I said before uh, when we were talking about Totoro, I think Totoro is a nice remedy if you're not feeling so great, especially during the year 2020. Mm-hmm. This movie is the complete opposite of that. Like if you're if you want to watch something that is basically what is happening right now, except we don't have like telepathic, um, telekinetic um, children. <laughs> yeah, this is like 2020. The movie. It. Oh my god, it so is. Even just the fact that it. It has like a, a one-off mention of the 2020 Tokyo, isn't it to- 2020 Tokyo Olympics that were supposed to happen, but obviously didn't? Yeah, ju- yeah, they were supposed to host uh, the Olympics this year, and ultimately because of, well, you know, it didn't happen. Yeah, because of uh, psychic kids and biker gangs and all types of awful. A muscular um, Paul Blart. Paul Blart slash Christopher Maloney. From Man of Steel, specifically. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god, and and um, I was actually really excited to to show this to you because, like you said, this with the last one that was the first time I've ever seen that. This is the first time you've ever seen this movie, and there's a lot that that happens because this movie is it's an adaptation of a manga from the uh, the guy who directed this also created the manga. And it's six, like, thick volumes of just comic book material adapted into a, like, two-hour movie. So there's a lot to unpack here. Yeah, like, this movie, my review in this on Letterboxd is basically there is so much movie packed into this movie. It's only, like, a little over two hours. It's it's kind of wild to think about how much how many characters there are in this movie that have names that are named that have some sort of significance to the plot. I mean, obviously there's a couple handful that are like the ones that we really need to focus on, but like, it's actually kind of crazy. Like this feels like something that should have been like on like an anime, like, like a mini series or like a, like a, I guess like more of a series than just like one, uh, one, two hour movie. Honestly, I agree with that. I remember the first time I watched it, I had no clue what was happening. Cause like like I was kind of I was kind of getting a little bit of it like there's there's uh there's like a an atomic bomb like a Hiroshima type thing going on, and then we're jumping into like a Blade Runner like future, but then there's like biker gangs and they're all like these like really like jerk teenager kids that are like beating each other up, um maybe like a little bit like warriors maybe then there's like this little like grandpa kid that randomly shows up like it's literally like a little little boy. That's like aged rapidly or something. And he happens to have psychic powers and he has a number on his hand. And then like one of the like biker gang kids starts getting superpowers and a lot happens in this movie. Yeah, like the best way to describe like you got like elements of scanners, Blade Runner, Mad Max in here, Tron a little bit, especially when you have like the motorcycles with like the streaks, yeah, going going off, like going through the city, like th- those really made me think of Tron a bit. Like, there's so many movies um, that I thought about when I was watching Akira, and it has it, it like literally, it's just packed with with so much. Like a like you know one, if you just picked one of those things, that could create like a really compelling story. But like they have 
all of these things going off at, at once. Like it's all this is also why it's different from Totoro because while I think both of these movies are, are very much about the mood that they establish, mm-hmm. there's a lot more that goes on in the two hours of this. And like in like the almost ninety minutes of Totoro, you just basically have like this forest spirit, dooby da, like stuff happens. Oh no, the mom gets sick, but she gets better though. And then that's it. And that's not me. And I love Totoro, but it's like, there's not much that happens. This movie, I was like, I feel like I was even like trying to pay attention. I was like, man, I need to watch this again just to feel like, okay, I need to fully like grasp what the hell I just watched. Dude, honestly, like I was saying, I I had no clue what was happening. I looked, I remember the first time I watched it, I looked away for maybe a minute because I got a text on my phone. I looked back and I felt like I missed 30 minutes of, of like, plot development yeah and i remember like like when i was you know when i was watching it with you and like there was a couple moments like you had to go do something real quick and then he came back i was like oh god he's gonna miss so much and he's got to he's got have no clue what's happening and like i i can't it's hard to explain because i'm like so much happens that i have to explain within this like short period of time and even like you were you were like saying like i'm not quite sure <laughs> there was like one thing where you're just like well, i don't even know yeah, i'm like i'm not quite <laughs> sure what just happened here i just know she was this is what she was doing if I had to like kind of break it down, so there's there's like different groups of people more or less. So there's the there's the biker gang teenager kids, which um mm-hmm. is led by Canada, who's kind of the main character. He's the character on the poster, the the iconic poster that has been like mimicked a lot, like when he's walking towards the motorcycle. Um, then there's uh the psychic kids. Which uh, involves uh, kind of the villain of the movie uh, Tetsuo, who's like one of the biker gangs kid, one of the biker gang kids. Um, you have the government people run by uh, Christopher Maloney, Paul Blart, dude, and then you have um, the kind of radical, uh, like protester, like extremist people that's run by um, some random mustache dude and a girl named Kai or K or something. They're all doing things. But it, I mean, it all kind of amounts to like somewhat of the same thing because they're all kind of talking about a lot of the same things. But there's just so many characters, like you were saying, there's so many characters and they're all doing something different. And they're all dealing with different problems that all kind of stem around this like this uh, this kind of government, not necessarily government secret, but like government program involving these like kids who have psychic abilities. And there's like a specific kid Again, there's a lot, so I'm sorry if I'm, like, taking a second to describe this, but there's, like, a kid named uh, Akira who lives, who, like, is locked away and lives in this, like, freezer or whatever underneath uh, this, like, stadium, and so everyone's kind of obsessed with this. Like, there's even a cult that paints graffiti on the walls in in Neo-Tokyo, it's called, because it's set in 2019, uh, they paint like uh, Lord Akira on it. They're like, "Oh, Lord Akira's gonna come back and you know save the world or whatever." So, yeah, I'm just I'm just listening to myself talk, and I'm like, "There's a lot that happens." <laughs> like, good. yeah, I imagine like we talk about some some weird things sometimes on this program, and I imagine that would sound weird to you guys. But like, if you've never seen Akira, this must sound like complete bonkers. What we're talking about right now, it totally is. Like, there's moments where they, like, the kids, like, and people just vanish. And not that I need that explained. I'm like, okay, I could figure there's, like, a power set or or, so, or something going on. But I'm just like, what? Yeah. What? 
And then they get, and then grab like one of the characters to do a psychic thing that I'm like, okay, in any other movie, this would be like the biggest reveal ever. But like, I feel like in this, it's just like, no, we don't have time to explain. We have no time to explain the significance of this. We gotta keep going. We have six books to adapt. Oh my god! And the worst part, it's it's directed by the guy that made the manga. So he's probably just going, okay, well, this is important, but ah, oh, God, I, I don't want to mess this part because I, I, this was this was very important to me. You got to imagine how difficult it would be for you, the creator of your what you're adapting, to basically trim to bits the intense amount of work that you put into six books into a two-hour movie like that. Like it's one thing if it's like some other random person making making the movie that can like figure out what they want to use in uh the adaptation but when it's the creator themselves like it's it's just i don't know i would think for me it would be incredibly hard to do because i i would just start like second guessing myself going no this is important but this is also important oh god (sighs) this makes me think of um i'm gonna break up a silent movie here uh the movie napoleon and it was directed by abel gantz and basically, he was supposed to make like five or six Napoleon movies with the budget that they gave him. And he used all that money for one movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, he, he, and he adapted only like a fraction. And the movie still turns out to be like five and a half hours long. Oh, gee, I'm never watching it. So that. it's, it's like, like not exactly <laughs> the same, but it, it makes me it makes me think of um, a little bit of Akira. And, and I guess that's like my biggest thing. Like, I imagine if I was somebody reading the, the manga of this or whatever, I imagine I would love these characters. Like, I imagine like Kaneda, Kan- I'd be like, Kaneda, oh, yeah. Tetsuo. Kaneda, uh, Paul, uh, Paul Blart, Mall Cop, but with muscles. I'd be like, yes, that's a great, compelling villain. Or, you know, oh man, I feel so bad for Tetsuo right now. But part of it is just like, because there is so much that is going on, it's hard for me to be attached. Like, I really like this movie too. Like, yes. But it, it just, it's it's very, that's the challenge of it, I think, is as far, it, visually, it's stunning. Like, it, we talked about with Totoro, like, the way Totoro paints, like, the serene forests and all that, this movie does with, like, the dystopian future of Japan. Like, it, um, it's just so, um, detailed, and, like, I was, I, I, I offhandedly mentioned this when we were watching it, that... I, every time I see a movie like Akira or any movie that has like a big sprawling type city, I'm like, who made that? Like, like how much time did they have to put that much pipes and that many different gizmos and gadgets and everything? Like, it's it's so like it's beautiful, but it just you just go, who who had the time to do that? Mm. But it's absolutely gorgeous, and just even just seeing like that like i love the animation style ultimately of this movie and if for me personally i felt it was a lot more fluid than some of the other animes that i've seen just like in the way the characters move and you know but that's kind of the fun about anime in general is just how fluid and how um expressive it, that they get with anime um i think uh the one thing that i could definitely figure out with this movie because like same thing with totoro with with totoro you know you sit and watch it and you're like okay it's there's like a it's like a connection to childhood kind of thing with akira you can definitely tell that it has something to do similar to like say godzilla has something to do with hiroshima 
because the first thing you see is this big massive explosion that decimated old school Tokyo so they had to rebuild it with new Tokyo and because this is also the 80s is also during a time when Japan was kind of becoming a power like uh like amongst the world and so like now you know they're kind of excited but also scared that they could possibly lose some some of that culture that they had and become like like America I guess or like another another just random city that's just run by western influence and capitalism and so um and again this is something that I that I got from watching the movie a few times and also watching videos on YouTube so this isn't something you'll catch immediately but you can definitely tell this movie has something to say for sure yeah, I mean, I was thinking about one of the scenes that really stuck out to me early on in the movies when, like, that beer advertisement collapses on people, or where, like, the the dude, the one dude, the one guy politician is carrying a like a bag full of money and he's just exhausted. He's like having a heart attack. Yeah, he's so he's sickly. Like, he's like, oh my god. <laughs> Or, oh man, and just even think about Akira's, not Akira, sorry, it's so easy to get, fall into that trap, but like uh, Kaneda's uh, bike, where it has like cannon and all these different logos on the bike. Even just seeing like shots of the city where they have like American like billboards and like, and different advertisements everywhere, commercials for all types of different things. It's funny too, because like I was mentioning earlier, Princess Mononoke. And how surprised I was at how kind of violent that movie is, especially for a PG-13 movie. This being an R-rated movie is intensely, like, it's excessively violent. But it, again, it's excessively violent for a purpose. Like, you could almost argue that, you know, similar to 2020, um, it's a lot of talking about, like, excessive police force. So, like, there's literally scenes where the police are, like, either crowding on one person and beating the hell out of them, or they're, like mowing down someone with assault rifles like like one shot should be enough you're like literally like turning this guy into pulp it really just does make me think of 2020 and it's not like as far as like that's like i I've, i think i've i don't know if i've said this before on the podcast but i know i've said this to you where i almost can't look at certain things as too cartoony anymore because somebody in real life yeah has done this or done this a bunch of times especially with the um with, with like the police force in this like so like almost excessively excessively armed to where they look like they look like basically like dollar store stormtroopers you know with like the masks and everything uh it's it's kind of wild um i again just i'm thinking about like to i'm glad this was like a hand drawn affair and a lot of, a lot of it is just that 2d animation style you know the hand painted things and all that because if it was the digital style, I feel like it would be too clean. Oh, I agree. I agree. You, I do. You do need that kind of human touch, I guess, on it to really give it that dirt and grime. And like, this is a dirty movie. Like, there's there's so many times Canada falls into sewage water. And I also want to point out um, on that note that in so many movies, there's so many times where characters just just haphazardly fall into sewage water. Like in, I think. One thing that comes to mind is like an amazing Spider-Man when he's like in the sewers of sewers of New York City, mind you, and he falls into the water and I think he makes an offhanded comment, but it's just it. Whereas like 
anybody else in real life would probably just vomit the moment they fall into that water. Yeah. And so I, I was so appreciative that they were honest about that. And you just see Canada getting out of the water, just going, ah, dead rat. Again, it's it's honest, and I appreciated that. So thank you, Akira, for actually portraying sewage water like it should be portrayed, as gross and uninviting. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot going on, um, you know. But also, like, just continuing through, like, you know, this idea you were talking about, like, a post Hiroshima Japan, and you're like one of the big things is like the effects of radiation. You can definitely see that on mm, a number yes. of, of of the characters, like some of the characters, especially the three, th- the three particular like psychic children that uh, that are visibly aged, like they look like little old people, but literally little. Like it almost feels like like they've aged, but also maybe like their their skins like kind of thinned out and like maybe tightened a little bit. You know? Yeah. Like you don't see much. S- because like with old with older people like especially in in you know some things you see like a little bit of sag, a little bit of skin kind of like whereas this they just feel like tight. Yeah, it's a weird description. I know, you have to see it for yourself. Again, you have to just see this movie to know what we're talking about. Or especially with uh, sorry, or especially with with, with uh, Tetsuo with the end of the movie where again like it feels like straight out of like John Carpenter's The Thing. And you're you're thinking about I'm just thinking like yeah that's like the the effects of like radiation, like right there that's what they're they're trying to to communicate to the audience. There's a lot of like body. We talked a little bit about body horror when we talked about Alien, um, and this movie does that tenfold as well. Like there's literally scenes where like organs are coming out of people's bodies. There's scenes where limbs are being chopped off. There's li- there's uh. Um, just really grotesque imagery, but it's all, it's all, I think it all kind of connects to the way that, especially how like technology is involved and how technology is kind of paired with everything. Mm-hmm. So like, um, like in that scene when Tetsuo just kind of becomes this like blob of human flesh and metal, um, it's like a nice, uh, it, it seems like a metaphor, again, that idea of uh, power and becoming too powerful and maybe, like, you know, losing yourself a little bit in that excessive amount of power, um, whether it's through technology um, and, like, mal- like, you know what I mean? Like, that's kind of what I think that metaphor is, is kind of reaching towards. Even, um, I saw a video that mentioned this uh, when um, uh, he first starts experiencing psychic headaches and the the street the street kind of crumbles underneath him and you see like the pipes and the and like the inner workings like the organs of the city mm. and then he collapses and his organs fall out of his body yeah and it's almost like a nice comparison to that so i was like i've start like watching it this time i was um i was starting to see like more and more of that kind of comparison to like this fear of but excitement of uh power and uh technology and everything I was also one of my other favorite things is sometimes the, the way this movie use, utilizes sound or or lack thereof. Yes, in certain sequences, like especially um, when like during one of those psychic you know uh, psychic headaches, as you refer to them as like when, when like the ground's collapsing, like I you don't necessarily you don't really hear the ground collapsing. You kind of are like with the characters' thoughts, basically, and it's a nice, nice way to communicate too that like this is like a hallucinate hallucination to this guy. 
basically. Um, I'm just thinking about, like, there's so many, so many things you could really, like, talk about with this, with this movie. It's just, like, it's got, like, everything. Like, I imagine, like, the story, like, the pitch meaning for this was, like, all right, what do you got? And it's just, like, boom, everything, everything. It's like when, it's like when Brian from Idaho is, like, wants to give us a suggestion. And I'm, like, okay, Brian, what, what do you want to mention to us? It just puts everything on the table, and I'm just, like, you really got to limit this to, like, three choices, man. Please. Okay. Please. It's excessive. Okay, hold on. Joey, Joey, hold on. What? Okay. What? Hold. Why? Why are you going so in on Brian? Like, what did he do? Like, he's always he's just been nice to me this whole time. Uh, you know what? That that might be the case for you, but, but for for me, he he's the one. He knows I edit the episodes, and he knows I'm one that ultimately uploads. So I think he he feels like he can get an in, like that. Like to him, you're you're like the nice social media guy. You're like the nice face of the brand, and then I, I'm like. The guy, like, the the inner workings, I don't know. Point being, this is my conspiracy theories about Brian from Idaho. Do you want me to talk to him? Because I, I, I have kind of a like, a, like, a back and forth with him. I could I talk to him. Maybe he'll listen to you. All right. I'll, I'll let him, I'll let him know, like, listen, viewers, we love you. We glad you listen. But please don't bombard us. It'd be nice. You know, we're, we're still new at this. So, so I'll, I'll talk, I'll talk to, I'll talk to Brian for sure. All right. All right, very good, very good. Yeah, so just there's so much, so much to this movie, so much to unpack, and definitely, and it's rewarding too. I do love when there's movies where, I mean, clearly this is an experience for you where you've seen this multiple times and you've gotten more out of it since your first viewing. Which is nice because, like, we think of, I mean, not to say that this it's like a it's like a boost or like a good thing for the movie because if you have too much in your movie, if you're if you're doing too much, especially in a short amount of time. That's that's a hindrance ultimately. You know, you're you're just confusing your audience and you're telling them so much information at once. But I think with this movie, like there is there is a way to follow everything and you do still like get some enjoyment out of it, especially just from the sheer imagination of everything. Like it's absolutely like breathtaking to see a lot of the stuff as wild as it gets. But you do kind of like learn something new or you see some some kind some kind of new theme or something that they're trying to say because everything while it's excessive and while it's a lot it's all done with a purpose like it doesn't feel like a weird arbitrary thing that you can like you know try to like oh oh but i meant to put this in it's like are you sure you meant to do it like that or you just thought it looked cool you know or it's like everything in this movie to me felt like it had a meaning or a purpose or some kind of theme or message behind it i mean there is a reason why this thing has a huge cult following since its release i mean it it, it i think it speaks for itself like when you watch i'm like it wasn't my favorite movie ever but i'm like i watched this and I go yeah this makes sense why this is like acclaimed rightfully so as a as a great uh as a great movie and i think from what i've heard this movie is what kind of bridged the gap uh, as far as like Japanese audiences and American audiences, uh, when it comes to interest in anime, at least I could be wrong, but that's just what I've heard. That this was kind of like the the starter, like uh, I guess um, uh, what do they call it? It's the gateway drug. Yes, thank you. Yes, yes, that's what I was trying to think of. Um, this is like the gateway drug to anime, and I kind of I kind of agree with that because like my because like I didn't I never really got into anime when I was younger. 
Um, I just didn't, I, I, I watched like Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh, but then like whenever I would mention that anime fans would be like, that's not real anime. And then I, I would just be like, why? <laughs> like, I mean, especially Pokemon, like Pikachu's everywhere in Japan. You're telling me that's not real anime. You're stupid. <laughs> I, 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 ugh, I, I don't know, but you know what? I, I, this is just me. This is, I'm going to use my platform to. Uh, to tell you and tell the audience to definitely check out Cowboy Bebop if you like Akira. Um, I Cowboy Bebop, like, I don't watch a lot of anime series. Like, I'm like you, Richard, where I'm like, I've watched Yu-Gi-Oh! many times. I've watched Pokemon. Yeah. I've watched Naruto. I really liked Naruto when I was younger. Uh, I've seen Yu Yu Hakusho. Digimon for a hot second. Digimon for a hot second. I, was, I did watch Digimon. But with Cowboy Bebop, it is, it's incredible. You know, and it's got a lot of... A lot going on in those in those episodes. Even just like consider it like it's a half hour, you know, twenty two twenty something minute episode. Each thing is like it's got so much to so much to say, so much to do, and really great characters as well. I will say on that note, I did see. I don't know if it's still there, but I did see the complete series on Blu-ray at my bookstore because they have like a little Blu-ray section. So if 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 enticed, I might check that out and then maybe. Um, it'll be, cause we don't talk about TV shows. Maybe it'll be one of the TV shows we talk about in the future. Just saying, just saying, just throwing that out there. You have it on record. You can leave this in the edit. Um, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but no, like I, I didn't like, like I was saying, I didn't really watch a lot of anime. I'd seen a few things here and there as far as like, I guess, quote unquote, real anime. <laughs> um, but <laughs> <laughs> you you must now it's, you must part, every time pardon my language <laughs> pardon my language it's just a bullshit statement to be like this isn't real like are you kidding me seriously oh but it's like not to bring up star wars again but it's like when people say oh this isn't real star wars i'm like they're fictional like, characters of course it isn't real wizards Space wizards. They're space wizards. But that's a whole other conversation. They have, they float things. And they have like glow sticks as swords. Like, thank God. Shush. Thank God, I can't watch Star Wars really as an anime because, man, that would be insufferable at that point. <laughs> oh my God, that's not real anime. It's not real Star Wars. It's just not. What is it then? Yeah. What am I watching? What is it? Did I, did I hallucinate? <laughs> was I hallucinating this? Like uh, Tetsuo was hallucinating his his guts pouring out of himself. You know what? That's what happened. I think uh, an anime Star Wars just poured out of my body. And I was like, no, go back in. Go back in. <laughs> oh my God. Oh man. But, um, but no, yeah. So like it was nice to, to, to find Akira. Cause I found it through, uh, being a fan. Oddly enough, this is going to sound weird, but oddly enough, I found it through being a fan of my chemical romance because the lead singer of the band, Gerard way, is also a massive comic book fan and, and has even uh, switched his career path to being a comic book writer. And um, he's he's written like uh, the Umbrella Academy, which got adapted into a great Netflix show. He's written um, uh, issues of Doom Patrol, which, while not the prime influence, has influenced uh, the show on HBO Max, uh, the Doom Patrol show, which is amazing. And um, he uh, he wrote a comic that's connected to one of the CDs. Uh, I think it was Danger Days, 
um, that had a lot of, I mean, it had influence from like all types of places, but Akira was a big influence on it. And whenever you check out something that you love from a creator you love, you want to check out where the influences are. I, I know exactly like the same as with you as well. We want to see where the influence is. And so that's how I got to Akira and I had no clue what I was watching, but I, I, I was like enjoying it. I was like, this is so violent. This, but yet I love like like the Blade Runnery looking city. I'm hoping Harrison Ford has bad narration coming up at some point. That would just be hilarious. Um, like, like there's just so much to unpack with it. And then, like I was saying, it's kind of it was kind of the gateway drug. So I'm slowly but surely trying to check out some more um, different animes. Like I recently uh, try. I haven't. I need to watch it because again, I don't really know what happened. But I watched Ghost in the Shell, which in, which was the influence for the Matrix movies, um, and then got adapted into a what's it Scarlett Johansson movie, which was I guess controversial from what I've heard. Contra- I haven't seen uh, it. So I don't controversial know. because of um, of the casting and a certain plot point that happens in the movie. Oh, oh, okay. Now, yeah, I remember that because like. They were trying to say it was like like she like it didn't matter what she was, but then like they had that ending which kinda like undermines what they were saying kind of thing. I don't want to spoil the movie for anyone that actually wants to watch it, but just know it's it's kinda weird. Um especially when you look into like the backstories of everything. But I did watch the anime of that, which was a lot shorter than I expected it to be. Like it, it's a it's kind of like whereas Akira like packs a lot into the story, Ghost in the Shell is just kinda like whoop. Mm. We're good. Okay. But it has kind of a similar vibe to it, like the cyberpunk kind of vibe to it. Um, so I'm definitely wanting to check out more. And obviously I got to check out some more Studio Ghibli movies because, I don't know, anime is kind of anime is kind of amazing. And, and, and like I was saying with Totoro, it's just that, you know, Japan just treats it like any other medium, which is like what I when I talk about comic books, like I don't I don't look at comics as for kids or for adults, like I just think of it like a medium, like any other, like a book or or music or anything, just to like express yourself artistically. So, um, it's I'm I'm getting excited to like get into anime, admittedly. Yeah, and I'm glad that these um these movies like like Akira, My Neighbor Totoro, Princess Mononoke, and um and others have have motivated you into kind of exploring that, folks. What are some of your favorite like? anime movies or studio ghibli movies do you like Yu-Gi-Oh or pokemon <laughs> I, was say, I was gonna say we will tell you whether or not it's real anime because if we say it you know it's true <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh screw those guys <laughs> Anyway, I think, think, uh, (laughs) oh man, I think that about wraps it up for this week's installment. Uh, Thank you for listening. Be sure to tune in next week. Have a good night, everyone. Thank you for listening to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. What? (laughs) What? How did you, how did you even get here? (laughs) What is Hold on, hold on, hold on. So, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and uh, music done by John and Kenny Armstrong. Always great work, guys. And if what? 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 Totoro would like to tell you what the hint is for next week's episode. Go on. Go ahead.
Tell them. Listen, okay. If, if you don't know, next week's episode is about witches. It's about witches. It's, it's Halloween. It's October. Just get excited. Thank you, Totoro, for trying.